Well, a warm welcome to everyone. And especially to any visitors that we have today, we please do encourage you to stick around and to have lunch with us. Um, for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Michael. I'm filling the pulpit while our Minister Campbell is away. And today we're looking at the moment at the book of Colossians. We're having a, currently an eight-week sermon series, and we're looking at the book of Colossians. And today we're looking at Colossians chapter 1, verse 24, right up to chapter 2, verse 5. So please do have your Bibles open. We're going to be working through this passage together. But for now, please let me pray for us. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for church. Lord, we thank you for this time when we can uh, come together as Christ's body to worship with one another. Father, I pray be with us now as we hear from your word. Lord, help us to continue to grow in knowledge, to grow in understandings as we open up the scriptures together now. Father, I pray be with me as I preach from your word. Anoint me for this task. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, when I was younger, I played rugby. Not much of a surprise, as you can see, given my size. After all, when most people see me, they say, Hey, you played rugby, didn't you? You must have been a prop. And I say to them, Yes. Yes, I was. But believe it or not, when I first started playing rugby, I had no idea how to play. My coach actually joked once that he wouldn't have been surprised if I actually spelled rugby with a silent P. But thankfully, I didn't stay bad forever. And after my first season of playing, I actually became a valuable member of the team. What made me become a better player? Well, like all things, it came through practice. What is the saying? Practice makes perfect. And yet if you ask my coach, he would actually say no. Not just practice, but perfect practice. Perfect practice makes perfect. And I think this holds true. For I could have practiced each day, every day, to become a better rugby player. But I don't think I would have become a valuable asset to my team if it wasn't for the guidance of experienced teammates and especially my coach. Perfect practice makes perfect. I needed the guidance of others who were experienced in rugby, who knew how to play rugby really well, so that I could play rugby really well, so that I could be competent in the game. I needed the instruction of others who were competent also. And that's what we need, isn't it? We need the instructions of others who are competent to make us competent. And that's what we want in church. That's what we want in church, isn't it? We want those in our congregation to be mature Christians. But we also want them to be making mature Christians. After all, this is what the Apostle Paul wanted. Do you guys remember what's happening in Colossae? Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, in Colossae, they were experiencing pressure. Pressure to conform. And it is considered that's why Paul wrote to the Colossians. He was writing so that the gospel wouldn't be undermined. And he wrote to them, reminding them the gospel message. He reminded them 
the gospel message, the complete work of Christ, so as not to undermine the gospel that was under pressure. And how does Paul do this? Well, he reminds the complete work of Christ. He reminds them that this with the intention that they would grow in maturity, and that by growing in maturity, they would stand firm in the faith, and they would not waver, they would not give in to the pressures of those around them. And this is a pattern that the church today needs also. We must continue to do this in order to stay healthy. We must have mature Christians, those who know Jesus really well, training others to be mature in the faith. But you may ask, well, how does this happen? How do we mature others to, be, to, um, to know Jesus really well? Well, friends, it happens through proper Christian discipleship. We mature others in the faith to know Jesus really well through proper Christian discipleship. And our passage today teaches us this. And it teaches us this in two ways. If you're taking notes, I have two lessons that we have for us today. Lesson number one, we make the mystery of the gospel known to God's saints. Let me say that again. We make the mystery of the gospel known to God's saints. And our second lesson, we grow God's saints in Christian maturity so that they may stand firm in the faith. We grow God's saints in Christian maturity that they may stand firm in the faith. Let's have a look at our first lesson, shall we? That we make the mystery of the gospel known to God's saints. In our first few verses, Paul is speaking of what is happening to him as a minister of the gospel. Have a look at verse 24 with me. Verse 24. Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions, for the sake of his body, which is the church. Paul is saying here that for the sake of the church, he is enduring persecution. Paul is preaching Christ. He is preaching the work of Christ. He is preaching the supremacy of Christ. And he's preaching the sufficiency of Christ. And you know what? People aren't happy with this. They're getting angry at Jesus. They want to hurt Jesus, but they can't. So what do they do? Well, they attack Paul, the one who is proclaiming Jesus. And we know that this is something that happened to all the apostles, isn't it? We see in the book of Acts, don't we, that as they proclaimed Jesus, what happened? They experienced progressively greater and greater suffering. And how did the apostles react to this suffering? Well, they rejoiced. They rejoiced that they were suffering for Christ's name. And this is what we see here with Paul, isn't it? He bears the marks for preaching Christ. He has been beaten. He has been stoned. He has been whipped. Can you almost imagine the scars that Paul has gained through his ministry for Jesus? And as he writes this letter... Where do we find Paul? Well, we find him in a jail cell in Rome. He is in chains for the gospel. And he is rejoicing. He is rejoicing because of the work he is doing. What is his work? Well, look at verse 25. Verse 25 tells us the work of Paul is preaching the gospel. 
preaching the complete work of Christ. And Paul first does this by ensuring that whom God has chosen knows the gospel. That whom God has chosen is brought to a knowledge of Christ. Looking now at verses 26 and 27, it says, The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope and glory. Uh, In the pagan world, there was this idea that the heavenly or the divine reality was hidden, that it was secret, and that it was hidden by God. And the only way to get knowledge of the world or of God was through philosophy and human reasoning. But what does Paul say here in our passage? Well, he says the mystery that which was hidden has now been revealed. How has it been revealed? Well, it's been revealed in and through Christ. It has been revealed in and through Christ. Revealed to those whom God has chosen, not through any works you have done, but solely by grace, that Christ might dwell in you, that Christ might transform you, that these glorious riches, the works of Christ, and the hope of glory, the hope that we have, the promise that Christ will return, that the resurrection will happen, and that we will dwell with God, and that we and He will dwell with us. All this has been made known to you. This is why Paul is suffering. He's suffering for the church, suffering for those whom God has chosen that they might know the mystery of Christ, the work which Christ has done. I don't know about you, but I can find this quite challenging. I read Paul is suffering for the sake of the gospel, for the gospel being known to those who don't know it, and yet he does this with joy. I find it challenging because I'm not doing what he's doing. Perhaps you're feeling this too. But at the same time, I know that God has not called everyone to be an evangelist. Paul says that he has equipped some to be an evangelist. But you know what? God has called each of us to make the gospel known. God has called each of us to make the gospel known. What does the Great Commission say? Matthew 28, 19, what does it say? Go, go and make disciples. And making disciples isn't just witnessing to the non-believing adult. I think it's also struggling with teaching the disciples we have in church. Uh, For those of you who know, and for those of you who don't, I have two little ones, and I can tell you, discipling them can be a struggle. Especially one of them, I won't say who, but she has been known to say, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to read the Bible. I don't want to pray. And yet Lauren and I struggle with joy when we see them growing in the faith. 
So parents here, can I encourage you to struggle with discipling your children, that they may know the Lord and know him fully. And for those that have children that are now a bit older, that are now grown up, or maybe those that don't have children, well, it is a blessing that when you became a Christian, God blessed you with a church family. The book of Titus tells us the importance of older women coming alongside younger women. And older men coming alongside younger men. That you would come alongside those that are younger to teach them, to disciple them, to grow them in Christian maturity. So can I encourage you all to make Christ known? If God has put someone in your path, whether that's at work or at university, or at school, or maybe even in some other social situation, then with all the power that Christ gives you, make Christ known to them. But for all of us here, go and make disciples. Christ will grow the church, but he uses you to do it. He used Paul He used Epaphras, who we looked at a couple weeks ago in Colossians chapter 1, verse 7. But now he is using you. Someone invested in you to become a mature Christian. The baton is now passed on to some of you. It is passed on to you to make someone else a mature Christian. The question we may have, though, at this point is, well, how do we make mature disciples in Christ? How are we meant to disciple those around us? Well, to answer this, we come to our second lesson. Lesson two. We grow God's saints in Christian maturity so that they may stand firm in the faith. Have a look at verses 28 and 29 with me. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Friends, we grow those whom Christ has called, to whom the mystery has been revealed, by not just giving someone a Bible and say, all right, practice makes perfect. Now, what do we do? It's through perfect practice that they become perfect. It's through proper Christian discipleship that they grow in maturity. But our question, what does proper Christian discipleship look like? Well, first and foremost, it's proclaiming Christ. The whole Bible finds its yes in Christ. The goal of teaching the Bible is ultimately sharing and proclaiming Him. Sharing that Christ is the one who has filled God's redemptive spirit God's redemptive plans. We know the story of what Jesus has done, don't we? That he came to earth, he dwelled among his creation. God the Son came, he dwelled here on earth, he dwelled with us. And what happened? He died on a cross for us. Jesus died for a sinful humanity. He took the the punishment of sin upon himself. And those that believe in Christ, those that are united to Him, what happens? Well, they'll inherit eternal life. 
the promises of Christ, the hope that we have, that He will raise the dead back to life, that the resurrection will happen, that we'll be united with God, that He will dwell with us and we will dwell with Him, where God will wipe every tear away from our eyes, that there'll be no more pain, no more suffering, no more death. This is the good news. This is what Christ has done. So when we preach Christ, when we share, we are to proclaim Christ. And our passage is saying that it's done also with admonitions and with teaching. That we are to warn and we are to teach. And we are to do this with all wisdom. So we may present them fully mature in Christ. Paul uses the words admonition, admonition and teaching as a means of how we proclaim Christ. That when we proclaim Christ, we will do it with warning that we will do it with teaching. These happen simultaneously. That we'll be warning them about the traps that are out there, whether this is false teachers, like those that are that in our letter in Colossae, they're experiencing pressure by false teachers, or maybe it's the devil's work, or maybe it's the way in which the world will lead us astray. We are to warn, friends, when we proclaim Christ about what will attack the Christian's faith. And yet also, while we warn, we are to teach. We are to teach the truths of the gospel, that the good news of what Christ has done, what the gospel is continuing to do in your life, that it's maturing you, that it's growing you, that it's healing you, that it's shaping you to be more and more like Christ. We are to teach the complete work of Christ and what he is doing. And we are to do this with all wisdom. In chapter 1, verse 9 of Colossians, it says that wisdom is given by the Spirit. And one commentator suggests that the Spirit gives wisdom through the Scriptures. Remember, friends, the Spirit has worked powerfully through both the Old and the New Testament writers. The Bible that we have in our hands, it's the very Word of God. The Spirit works powerfully through human agents. And they have written down what the Spirit has instructed them so that we may know the will of God. Our Paul in one of his letters actually said this. Let me read. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Paul is saying that the Bibles, the ones that you have in your hands, they are the very words of God. And all of it is useful. It is useful for the servant of God. It's useful for the Christian. So that they may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Which I would also say that with Scripture, as we teach from it, as we rebuke from it, as we correct from it, it will make the Christian mature in Christ. So let me ask at this point. Are you being taught all of Scripture? Are you also teaching all of Scripture? Here in Cornerstone, we prioritize the teaching of Scripture from both the Old and the New Testament. We do this as a means to encourage you to be reading the whole Bible for yourselves, but also to encourage you 
to teach others using the whole Bible. So let me ask you. In your quiet times, are you reading from both the Old and the New Testament? Also, the disciples whom God has given you, whether that be the non-Christian adult or your child, or maybe someone here else here in church, as you proclaim Christ, as you admonish them, as you teach them, are you doing it with all of Scripture? If you aren't doing these things, can I encourage you to do so? We need God's help to make mature Christians. If we did this on our own, I think we would fail pretty hard. So when you are discipling, when you are making Christ known to others, in any context, remember to be praying for them. Remember to be praying for them. And we see the Apostle Paul doing exactly that in chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. In chapter 2, verse 1 to 3, we see Paul praying for those whom he is instructing, those whom he is discipling. He is praying for the saints at Colossae and at Laodicea, and for all those that haven't met him. He is praying that they may know Christ, and not just know Christ, but that they would be mature in Christ, that they would know Jesus really well. And Paul helps them to grow in maturity by writing to them. He reminds them about the work of Christ, the work which Christ has done in their lives. He's reminding them who Christ is. And he reminds them also that in Christ is the fullness of God. And that in Him is salvation. Christ is all they need. They don't need anything else outside of Him. Paul is adding to their maturity. And why is he doing this? So that they will stand firm in the faith. Verse 4 tells us that he does this so that they will not be deceived by those around them. Remember, friends, Paul is writing to the Colossians because they are dealing with pressures to conform. The gospel is being undermined. And Paul is saying here, I'm praying for you. Paul is saying here, I have written to you. I'm reminding you the gospel. I'm reminding you the complete work of Christ, so that you will be mature in Christ. And not only mature in Christ, but that you will stand firm in Him. That you will not be deceived by these false teachers around you. What a beautiful reminder for us today. That as we, and that in our society today, as there is maybe perhaps pressure for us to conform, perhaps pressure for us to leave our faith at the front door, that when there's pressure on us to, to leave our faith behind, that we will not waver. We will not waver because we have been made mature in Christ. So that's a reminder we have to do for ourselves today. That when there is pressure on us to conform, we need to be reminded of what first Christ has done. We need to remember the complete work of Christ and the gospel. Paul has given us a great reminder today, friends. 
to be making mature disciples in God, who can stand firm to the pressures around them. We are called to make disciples. We are called to make the gospel known. And it's not just by giving a new believer a Bible, but it's also coming alongside them. It's instructing them. It's maturing them in the faith. Perfect practice makes perfect. Proper Christian discipleship will make mature Christians. And we are to continue this work even when it gets hard, with all the strength God gives us. So friends, how shall we leave today having been reminded about proper Christian discipleship? Well, first and foremost, go and make disciples. God has called you to make the gospel known. So if Jesus has put someone in your path who doesn't know him, pray that Christ will powerfully work in and through you and be comforted that Christ will do exactly as he has intended. His word will not return back to him empty. And parents with young children, how fitting is it to have them in our service today? Train them with all the strength that God gives you. Proclaim Jesus to them. Do this with warning and with teaching and with all wisdom. Parents, be teaching your children from all of Scripture. And for others here without small little ones, prayfully consider who you can come alongside. Those who carry the baton, those who are mature in Christ, those who stand firm in the faith, who stand firm in their convictions, produce mature Christians that can stand firm in the faith also and who will one day train others. And to the children here in our congregation, a word to you. Grow in maturity. Grow in maturity by reading the Bible also for yourselves. And while you can, keep asking your parents questions. Keep learning from them. One day, the baton will come to you. Let me pray. <coughs> Our Heavenly Father, our Lord, we thank you so much for this time in your word. Our Lord, thank you for equipping your church with the scriptures. Thank you that we have it easily available to us and that we can read it for ourselves. Our Father, we pray that through your word, we, the church, would grow in maturity. But Father, we pray that you would help us also to be making the gospel known to those around us. Help us, Lord, to be making mature Christian disciples who will one day be able to carry on the baton of the Christian faith. Father, we pray that through becoming mature in the faith, your church will be able to overcome pressures and persecution. That it will be able to also uh, proclaim the gospel and that it would continue to grow in the world around us. And we just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.